The reading this morning is taken from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Natali, but in the future, he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us the child is born, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the seal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Thanks be to the reading of God's word. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. We can rattle about this morning, can't we? Have some nuts shortly as well. I want to say this morning that God wants us to take a closer look at Jesus, the child, God-child, focusing on him as opposed to focusing on things of the world. We seem to be taken up a lot these days with all the attacks that are coming from the various places and it's all discouraging for a lot of people, particularly those who live on their own. And God wants us to just focus off our own situations and off our own, (coughs) um, what would I say, um, discouragements, loneliness, unhappiness, what's it all about, etc. And so God wants us to focus on his gift to us, the Christ child who came into the world to bring us back to God. Isaiah spoke and wrote mainly in Jerusalem about 700 BC. Chapter 9 is a prophecy of great comfort to God's people. Verses 6 and 7 tell us of the first 
and second coming of Messiah. This is one of the most revealing messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. Darkness and confusion. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A time of deep darkness. Not much different from where we are today. Walking in darkness, people are confused, don't know what to, <coughs> where to turn to and what to, what's going to happen next. Just hard, hard to know and where to know and what to do. But I believe that God is going to shake the nation and shake our country and bring people back to God as they begin to come to their knees and seek God. There's a darkness that's over the people, spiritual darkness, lost and hopelessness, looking for the truth, looking for the answer. It doesn't come from the government and it doesn't come from anywhere else, only from God through Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows, <coughs> whoever follows me, will never walk in darkness, we will have the light of life. John chapter 8 verse 12. I have to say that the light comes into our life when we put Christ in the centre of our lives because we spiritually become alive and we see things that we never noticed or knew before. We become a new person and the darkness is lifted and the light of God comes into our lives. And we have something that, that within us that helps us to focus on the things of God. And that thing within us is the Holy Spirit. A great light has come. The light of the world. <coughs> the light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes. Let me see. Light of the world, you step, it's a song, isn't there? Step down into darkness, open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you, all full of Satan. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Praise God that we can rejoice in the light and the truth and the righteousness of God. God's gift to us for to us a child is born, verse 6. To us means the Hebrew nation and all other nations. That means England, Ireland and Scotland and the Isle of Wight at Barton. Got it right this time. I usually say Barston, but it's Barton. And we're all here to, say, to prove it. The Apostle John said he came to his own and his own <coughs> did not receive him. But as many as received him, 
To them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Jesus was a Jew and he came to his own people. And God had been preparing them for a long, long time to prepare for the coming of Messiah. But when Messiah came, they rejected him. They didn't recognise him as their Messiah. And I have to say, even today, that people reject Jesus. They don't think that Jesus can do anything for them. What can a Jew born 4,000 years ago do anything to help me today? That's the attitude. We used to do God, but we don't do it anymore. We can cope without it. We've got humanism, self-belief, liberalism that brings <coughs> the truth that they don't need God anymore. Jesus was a Jew and he came to his own. All who welcome Jesus as Lord are reborn spiritually. Many of us can can witness to that, that Jesus brings new life, brings us into the truth and sets us free. God is a God is a gift of love. Unto us a son is given. Verse 6. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That's 1 Peter 2.16. God came into the world as a child because he loves you. He loves you and he loves you and he loves me. You love yourself a lot but God loves you a lot more and sees your potential. He knows you all together. You may feel unloved this morning, you may live on your own but I want you to know that God loves you and cares for you. He all he asks is that you recognise and receive his son this Christmas and that you open your eyes to the truth. Love is not love till it is given away. Love is not love till it is given away. Some find it hard to love other people. Some find it hard to reach out to other people. It's often the way that we've got problems from the past, circumstances in our lives, often the way we're brought up. And just after the war, I remember, things were very, very hard and it was difficult for parents to parent their children. I'm one of them. I don't remember much love at home. And that rubs off. I remember when I first went into church in Coventry, (coughs) walking up the path to go into the church, I was very conscious of who may have been watching me. And when I got in the church, I found it difficult not to just to give love, but to receive it. It's difficult for people that have been damaged in the past to receive 
love. God doesn't try to love other people because he is love. God is love, total love. If you give love, that's what we get back. What you give, you receive. Giving love will come back to you as we open up to other people, particularly in the family of God. God's purpose is to build a family coming out of the world into his kingdom. And his purpose is for each one of us to reach out to each other in love and forgiveness and walk in unity. The world rejects each other and can't forgive. I'll never forgive him for that and I'll never forgive her. But you know, if you can forgive someone for what they've done to you, it brings a great release. We can carry around a, a, a burden or something that's been said to us even for years and it just makes us sick and brings us down. But the key to it is learning to love and forgive and coming together in unity. God gave his son to die in our place. He was a sacrificial lamb that came to die. God himself came into the world and died for us himself in the form of a human being. The flesh became our sacrificial lamb. The lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world came to die for us. I feel very strongly this morning that God wants us to take our eyes off Christmassy stuff and worldly stuff and begin to focus again on, on him and the purpose of Christmas. He wants us to take a fresh look at Christ's child and find the meaning and truth of the reality of what God wants to do for us and what he is doing for us. But he wants to do it collectively, particularly in the family of God. We are all sinners by the, by the grace of God. There's no one better than anyone else. But if we take our eyes off the things of the flesh and the things of the world, we'll begin to focus on the things of God and the spiritual life will come stronger within our lives. And we'll begin to see with eyes that are different. We will see with, with the dimension that is much more and vaster and the things that we see in the world. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. This is the body, the hand and the eye. The eye sees and my hand acts. But if I can just see and I've got no hand, I can't do much at all. So we need an eye. And we need the hand working together to produce what we do in our moving and in our doings. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 21. This now concludes the first part of the prophecy of the government of the promised Messiah. The government of the promised Messiah. 
The rest of the prophecy in verses 6 and 7 will not come to pass until Messiah returns to the earth again. He came first as a child. He will come again as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Messiah returns again. Jesus said, you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. It will come sudden and we won't realise it until it happens and it will come as quick as that. Jesus is coming back for his own and to establish his kingdom on earth. The government of Messiah, the government will be out will be <coughs> upon his shoulders, not on the shoulders of an ungodly government. I was thinking the other night as I was sort of pondering these things and I began to see the shoulders of Jesus and I couldn't comprehend the vastness of his strength and his broadness and, and how he was able to hold all things on his all strength, strong shoulders. But it says here that the government will be upon his shoulders, not on humanistic shoulders, not on men and women in parliament that are not able to meet the needs of the people, and they never will. Only Jesus will fulfil the needs of human beings. Praise God. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. That's Hebrews 1, chapter 8. A scepter is a symbol of authority. If you have an ungodly government and it's causing all kinds of problems or an ungodly uh, government that will that is not doing really what God wants them to do then the sector that it, they hold is bringing unrighteousness and godlessness over the nation the gov- the sector of the government sort of brings about righteousness or godlessness and if you have a godless, if you if we have a god a, a god-given government, then the scepter is of righteousness, and that's the scepter that Jesus will come with. His scepter is a symbol of his authority and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. How will Messiah? be known. Isaiah uses four names to describe Messiah. Three names, (coughs) these names have been of a special meaning for God's people. He was known, but Isaiah is calling Messiah by four names and they're of special interest to God's people, to bring special meaning to his people. Wonderful Counselor, verse 6, he is the only one able to give right counsel. He is the only one that can counsel us and give the right counsel. And he's here now, the Spirit of God 
is amongst us. If we go to any man or woman for counselling, it will be nothing like the counselling that we get from the Holy Spirit as we listen to God. He's, He's permanently and will be permanently with us as we grow in him. I will never leave you or forsake you, even to the ends of the world. As we grow in spiritual things, he becomes more prominent in our lives and we learn to trust him at a deeper level. And he will start to speak to us in a way that we understand, in a way that we can hear. He will speak to each one of you in a way that you understand, not in the way anyone else would, but in the way you would st- you would understand. Wonderful counsellor. Even just sitting, meditating on the word of God. Lord, what is on your heart for me today? Lord, I've got this and I've got that. Will you, is it in your will for me to do this or not? and you will get an answer if you're in faith. See, God speaks to people who are in faith. If we're not in faith, it's difficult to hear God's voice, but if we're in faith, he will speak, and we will begin to listen to him. He is the only one able to give the right counsel, and he is here now. Jesus is the perfect counselor. He never sought help from any man. He never sought help from any man. So I want to encourage you this morning to start in yourselves to trust God in Jesus for all your issues. Not worrying about them, not carrying them around, but bringing them to God. Allowing them to go from us or telling them to go from us in Jesus' name. And learning just to listen and focus on the things of God. And as we begin to do that, we can then know what God is saying in us, for us as an individual, but then we'll be able to relate to other people in the family in a, God, in a God-given way. Our minds will be being changed. Let that mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. It's a process of growing in the things of God. But if we're focusing on the things of the world, it will just keep us down. Because the devil wants to keep you down. He doesn't want you to know the truth. He doesn't want you to grow into what God wants you to be. And bickering and fighting amongst ourselves will not help. The depth of the riches of his wisdom and knowledge, of the wisdom and knowledge of God. He had no peers, he is totally unique. He was God himself. This is the reality of what we're about to celebrate in a week, the reality and the truth that the living God is with us. It's the truth. And as we put our faith in God, as I've said before, the reality of that truth will hit us and we will begin to fear God in a way 
that we never did before. Some of us, maybe I'm one of them that once said, I don't believe in God. I can remember being like that. But when I was, when God brought me to my knees, like the Apostle Paul on the <coughs> Damascus Road, Lord, what do you want me to do? We're spiritually brought to life. Mighty God, verse 6, For the Lord your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords, the great God mighty and awesome who shows no partiality, accepts no bribes. God is righteous. God is righteous. God is holy. God is love. And God is faithful. Some of the attributes for God, I could have probably have listed another 10 or 20 of the attributes of God. And the attributes of the world are nothing compared to the living God. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. When Jesus, the mighty God, sits on the throne of his kingdom, all nations will come before him to be judged. No one will escape judgment. No one, even Christians, will be judged for what they did and what they didn't do. Others will come when Christ sets up his kingdom and start to talk away why they didn't do this and why they didn't do that, but there'll be no release or no way of getting out of what God is going to do when we come to judgment. He will separate the righteous from the unrighteous. He's going to set up a righteous kingdom where there will be no darkness. Matthew chapter 24, verse 31 to 46. Everlasting Father, verse 6. God is timeless. He is out of time. He is the great I Am. Before the beginning and before the end and beyond the end. The same yesterday, today and forever. Moses said to God, when God was sending him to Egypt to ask Pharaoh to release the children of uh, <coughs> his children, I, uh, Moses said to God, Who shall I say has sent me? And God said to Moses, I am has sent you. He is, I am, the great I am. He is here now, he's, he's everywhere. He knows all about each one of us. He can see our thoughts. He knows our mind. Nothing is hidden from God because he is God and there's nothing compared to him. Jesus is the Father eternal. He watches over his own. When we commit our lives to him and become a child of God, he will look over us. He will help us and guide us as a shepherd guides his sheep. And if we ask him to fight our battles, he will do it. Lord, help me. Will you fight my battles today, Lord? Have faith to trust him to do it. I can't do it, Lord. Will you do it? Will you help me? 
Lord, help me this morning. The issues that I've got on my mind, I can't cope with them. But Lord, will you help me? In Jesus' name. Lord, I'm believing and trusting you. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Prince of Peace. The government is one of justice and peace. Talk about the peace. When I first made, or when God turned my life upside down, what I experienced was a deep peace. And it's very hard to explain that. And you will probably have had the same experience. Peace is something that we can't explain, but it's better felt than tell. The kingdom or his kingdom is established. Until his kingdom is established, there will be no lasting peace in the world. Peace will come. Peace isn't feeling good about ourselves or feeling jolly, oh, I'm all right now, la, 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 la. It's a deep peace within us that stabilises us and that we have peace with God. And there's no more hostility between us and God. It's settled. The peace comes. The peace is a calmness. And we can rest in that peace. But we can only find that through the Christ child who we're going to celebrate next week at the birth of Jesus by accepting him, by receiving him. Yes, Lord, I'm taking my mind off the world. It's doing nothing for me. Help me to look again at your gift, who he is, what he is, and what he's doing or can do for me. Peace is more than feeling good about ourselves. Peace means total peace with God. A righteous and steadfast government. That rings a bell, doesn't it? A righteous and steadfast government. There will be no end to the increase of his government, peace. There will be no end. His government will flourish in righteousness and truth. And God's people will flourish in this government. God's people will grow in grace and knowledge with it. As the new kingdom comes and Jesus sets up his kingdom on earth, God's people will grow in grace and knowledge. But to be involved or be part of this, we have to put our faith in Christ now. It can't be put off. It's got to happen now. We've put it off long enough and what have we got? A load of problems and issues that won't go away and it still keeps coming. And the devil is using you as a football and kicking you about from, post, from one end of the field to the other. But when Christ comes, when we receive him, peace comes into our lives. Our minds begin to think right. And we're focused on something where God wants us to go and not where we are at the minute. God has a perfect plan for you. 
when Messiah comes again, he will set up, <coughs> sit on the throne of David, and David's throne is in Jerusalem. Messiah will rule from the throne of David, giving the world a government of peace, justice, and righteousness. What a day that will be when peace, justice, and righteousness comes on the earth. Can you imagine the peace and the rest and security in this? A government of righteousness. Everything that they do is good and righteous that Christ's government will do. Note, the throne of David is not in heaven. It is located in Jerusalem. Psalm 122. Jesus is now on the throne, or Jesus is not now on the throne of David, but he will be soon. He is seated now with the, on his father, <coughs> with his father, on his throne in heaven. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my father's throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father. This is a scripture that speaks to me very, very much. I think I read somewhere that in Christian ministry, one or two out of about five people overcome in the end. They start well, but they don't finish well. And to finish well, we have to overcome we overcome. And when we overcome, we can sit <coughs> on his throne. To him overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat with my father on his throne. Not sitting on the wall, on the wall, which I've said before, or sitting on the fence. It's to put our total trust in Jesus this morning and receive him as our saviour. And that will settle all issues and we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Conclusion. The Messiah will bring righteousness and fairness to the earth when he returns. At that time the curse will be lifted and the plant and animal kingdoms will be restored to their original protection or perfection. Verses 6 and 7 cover the first and second coming of Jesus. It is one of the clearest and most revealing messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. Shall we pray? Will you receive Jesus this Christmas? Will you receive Jesus this Christmas? If there's anyone here that wants to receive Jesus this morning, just slip your hand up and I'll pray for you. Shall we all pray together? Say this prayer with me. 
Lord Jesus, speak it out. Lord Jesus, I want to receive you this Christmas. Forgive me for all my sins. Come into my heart now and be my Lord and Saviour. Amen. And remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. Father, we give you praise. We exalt you and praise you this morning, Lord, for the life that you bring to us through your Son, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to focus on you and give you all the glory and worship you and exalt you. You're worthy to be praised. And Lord, you deserve all the glory. Father, in the coming year, I pray that this church will grow spiritually in unity and be a blessing to Barton and the people within the fellowship. Lord, I pray, will you come with power and anointing upon your people. And I pray that each one of them will know your presence this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.